over the last four weeks, um, we've been in a series called Pray First. And our goal through this series has been to help um, either kickstart your prayer life or re-energize re it if it might have been stale or something. You know, sometimes it's helpful to come back to some reminders of just how important prayer is. And we uh, have intentionally uh, made sure that prayer is at the forefront of everything we do in our church. And I I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today. Um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles uh, that you brought, go to Acts chapter 12. If not, you could use um, your, your, your devices, smart devices, anything like that. I encourage you to put it on Do Not Disturb. And then also, um, yeah, just follow along in Acts chapter 12. We'll be looking at this scripture throughout this morning. Um, let me give you some context because sometimes... Um, when you're new to the Bible, or maybe you just didn't know this because I did it when I was newer to it. So your Bible has got an Old Testament and a New Testament. And in the New Testament is the start of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. So everything in the Old is before him. Everything in the first four, four books of your New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that is primarily talking about the present day when Jesus was alive. And then the next book and beyond is um, uh, the time after Jesus was, uh, he, he was crucified, uh, put into the tomb, and then rose again, okay? And so we're in the book of Acts, which is going to be the first book that describes what do we do after Jesus has resurrected and is not walking on earth today, okay? You with me? Say, I'm with you. All right, and so it's written by Luke, who's also the gospel writer Luke, and he's a physician, and how many of y'all know doctors pay meticulous attention to details that they believe are important? In fact, if you change doctors, one of the first things they'll ask is, can I get your medical records? Because your history tells me stuff about the present. And he is a physician who said, oh, I got to write this down because some people are going to need to be convinced that what Jesus did was mind-blowing. It actually did happen. It is not just historical. It's factual. And I need to write this down so that we can read from it today. And so Luke is writing in Acts chapter 12. Uh, he's writing all about what the disciples did now that Jesus has gone and resurrected to heaven. All right. So it's, it reads this in verse 1. Now about the time that Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And so many people know Jesus had 12 disciples, but you need to know that three of them walked closer to Jesus than any others, and they had extra experience. Two of the three was James and John, who was just mentioned, and Peter was the third one. So it says, King Herod killed James, the brother of John, and, and, and because he saw that it pleased the crowd he was trying to win favor with, the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. So he's going after the third big dog now. And, and it says, now it was during the days of unleavened bread, which is, which is also Passover. And so when he had arrested him, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to four squads. Tell your neighbor, four squads. Tell your other neighbor, that seems like excessive. That seems excessive. You didn't want to tell your neighbor that it sounded like. That's okay. Come on. Work with me today. All right. He had four squads of soldiers to keep him, 
intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but, somebody say but, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The New King James Version I just read said constant prayer, but maybe your Bible says in a different translation, earnest prayer or fervent prayer or assiduous prayer, or constant prayer, or never-ceasing prayer was offered up by the church for Peter, who was in prison. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, that Peter was in prison. He wasn't just in the, the first level of prison. He was in the deep levels of prison. He was in high-security prison. He was a high-valued target for Herod, and he wanted him guarded by four squadrons of soldiers, which was excessive for the common criminal and he hasn't even committed a crime and yet he was guarded this way and the bible says that an angel showed up in the deepest darkest prison he had the the the, the elite soldiers who are trained to keep guard and pay attention fall asleep i don't think that's coincidence they found themselves asleep on the job uh, the angel opened up the iron gates. He led him like he had a map down the dark dungeons all the way out to a back door, and he walked out into the city again, a free man. Come on. That is the power of what God can do, and it was all powered by a praying church who was constantly, earnestly, assiduously seeking and praying for God. I want to convince you today just how powerful prayer is, just how important prayer is in your life. I find it interesting that in our country that seems to be minimizing prayer. When I grew up in school, we would stop for a time of reflection, which if you were smart enough and I wasn't, that, that was supposed to mean you can pray to whatever God you want to right now. Some of you were raised in a generation where they just straight up said, let's stop for a moment of prayer. Nowadays, they're making sure that they've taken prayer out of school. They try to take prayer out of every single government situation. And in a nation that minimizes prayer, I find it interesting that 20 days ago that the sport that defines our nation football had a common tackle uh, by DeMar Hamlin and when he did he went into cardiac arrest it was an unprecedented event in the NFL and not only did every NFL player begin to turn to prayer I found a stadium and even a nation begin to put up prayers to God saying praying for DeMar praying for DeMar right now I find it interesting in a nation that wants to minimize the importance of prayer that in crisis we all instinctively want the God that we're trying to silence I find that interesting we need to continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin in fact I didn't have a vested interest in the game because it wasn't the Ravens or the Saints come out somebody pray for me the Saints need some help and the Ravens need a quarterback to, to, okay anyway we're not going down that road but I didn't have a vested interest in the Bills or the Bengals. My wife and I were watching something when we got the news about it, and we paused what we were watching, and together, out loud, in prayer, we began to pray for DeMar like so many other people did. Social media was flooded with praying for DeMar, praying for DeMar. People who have fought against prayer, prayer were beginning to turn to prayer. We got to realize 
that prayer shouldn't be the last thing that we do, a last resort in crisis. It should be the first thing we do. We need to be a people who pray first. And so, like Peter, in this story, I wonder how many of us would be where we are had it not been for prayer. I wonder if it could be anything like this. Many of y'all are into Marvel and you've watched the blockbuster hit in games. There's a portion that always stood out to me. I want to show you real quick. Watch this portion from Avengers Endgame. Blowing my mind. Excuse me? But does your friend often do that? Strange. We all right? Hey, what was that? Look forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of common conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did you win? One. Come on. Uh, there, there is a, a, a Marvel character, all of them have supernatural abilities, who's depicted as Doctor Strange, who's got the ability to see into the future. And he says, I see 14,605,000 options and only one is right. Only one is going to work. I need you to understand that they are stealing a page from our Bible that God has already gone before us. He knows the 4,506 4, options in our life. And he knows the one we need to take. And I praise God that he has had people in my life who were praying for me even before I was worshiping and acknowledging God. Let me repeat. What if we could see how dark it would be without someone praying for you and me? I wonder if we for a minute could have a Dr. Strange ability and we could see the alternative options and where our life would be without the power of people praying for us in our life. Can I get an amen? If you've ever interceded, if you're a praying parent, let me hear you loud say it. That's an amen. That's an amen. I praise God that people were praying for my life. Powerful things, even miraculous things happen as a result of a praying church and so the title of this message is the power of a praying church pray with me father i pray that we understand just how powerful connecting with you in simple humble human words and how you do the heavy lifting from there god i thank you that you give us the honor of partnering with you in jesus name i pray and everyone said amen one of our goals in doing pray first at the beginning of our ser- uh, of this year is because God has given us the gift of a tool it is a, a new church home that we are renovating 25,000 square foot right on the other side of this main highway by the way two uh, it's one of two of the most high traffic dense areas in all of Salisbury that people are going to see at the crossroads of the Delmarva Peninsula a lift that they can go to to find Jesus Christ and to find some purpose in life and I praise God for what he is doing and the door that he's opened And by the way, it only came by prayer and fasting at this time last year. 
I praise God for it. Now, let me tell you, I am pastored. I believe every single pastor needs a pastor. I, too, have pastors in my life. I also have pastors I connect with and I surround myself with wise, godly people as much as I can because I want to be as wise and godly. Lord knows I need some help, okay? And so I try to surround myself um, with some people. And what I have learned is statistically and historically a young portable church. We're about to turn four years old, and we're going to celebrate that next week. Come on. God has been faithful, and I'm going to show you where God is uh, calling us to go next week. So invite a friend. Come on out. It'll be a great vision Sunday. But God has been faithful. And what we find historically and statistically is a young portable church. Oftentimes, one of their biggest catalytic movements is they have an ability to reach more people the moment they go from portable to a fixed building. And so uh, many of my friends, when they stepped into a church uh, building, they saw maybe 2x growth or, or three times the growth in a short amount of time. And we will unapologetically continue to reach as many people as possible because God is for as many people as possible. I need you to understand, sometimes we can say, I like my church this size or I, I think I like it the way it is. But I think God in heaven is not up there going, I got enough of my children, the rest of them are lost and that's okay because if I was losing just one of my children I would let nothing cease I would not go to sleep I would continue to 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 worry I'd call every single one of y'all and get you up and say I need you to help me find my lost children so if God is about numbers and wrote a book called numbers we too are about numbers but not for our sake but for heaven's sake There's 40,000 people in the city of Salisbury. There's 400,000 in the influence of Salisbury in the metro area. And if we're reaching a little over 500 every single week, plus more online, that's only 1%, guys. God's call, he wants 100%. And so we want to use the opportunity that we believe only God's opened up that when this building is completed in the middle of the summer, that when those doors open, we want to see as many people come to Christ as possible because God desires for his lost people to come home and to find those in bondage to be freed and those who need a healing to be touched. And by the way, can we stop and praise the Lord that last week 17 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, that's a decision. That never gets old between two experiences. People saying, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. And we consider it an honor that people would do that. But we know it only comes by the power of prayer. And if you are one of those 17, or if you recently made that decision, then your next step is baptism, which we will do next week on our four-year anniversary. So pull out your phone, take a picture of that QR code, click on the link, and register today because you've made a private decision that's the best decision in your life, and it's time to go public with it. That's your next step. And so one of the things that we believe God's put on our heart to make the biggest impact to reach all of God's people that he desires is that over the next three years, we want to see we, we, we want to see 500 people choose to get baptized, say, I've given my life to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go public with it because God wants them all. Can I get an amen? Somebody say, he wants them all. And so for this year, in 2023, 
We're believing and praying and have been praying that 100 would get baptized on the way to that goal. And so if you've been saved, maybe you are the people we have been praying for. God is doing a work in your life. And, and, and listen, if we're going to see growth in August and September of this year, and if multiple hundreds have been getting saved every single year of our existence, and if we're going to see 100 people get baptized, doesn't that sound like revival? Come on, I believe God wants revival in his land. In fact, I'm seeing it all over the place. Let me show you what our young middle schoolers and high schoolers looked like this past Wednesday. And they, I started getting pictures of soul youth. Go ahead and put that up there. Our middle schoolers and high schoolers, they decided to turn their regular service into a prayer meeting just like our prayer meetings have been. And I'm telling you, these pictures look like youth revival to me because there was not a peep of, uh, of playing around. Or, or cutting up, but instead there was about 60 young people who were pressing into God and praying for one another and laying hands on and asking God to move, and that sounds like revival to me. I'm hearing people say through the 21 days of fast, God, God's already started moving. One person whose house was on the market for three months without any activity all of a sudden has a contract on their house after they started prayer and fasting. I don't find that a coincidence. One parent told me that their biggest prayer that they have been praying over their kid has just been answered after years of being prayer, uh, 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 after years of praying for them, come on, in this season of prayer and fasting. Thing. They've got an, an amazing news from their child. And also, I heard of one person who said, I was ready to give up on my marriage. And then I began fasting. And God told me, we are not giving up. We are pressing in. And we're believing for a breakthrough. And that's what happens when prayer happens. And so it only starts, and it is only sustained by the power of prayer, of a praying church. You study any revival that's ever happened, when people in mass droves started coming back to Jesus, you will find that it always began with leaders who got on their knees and prayed. Revival happens when that happens, when you begin to pray. And so here's what I want for you in this series. It's not just for you to learn the value of prayer or to have an infusion of, uh, uh, of hope in your prayers but that you would have your cup runneth over. Because when God wants to touch his lost people, when God wants to touch a city, he starts with his people, the church, and he not only fills their cup so that they don't just say, hey, I got mine. No, he fills your cup to overflowing so that there is more than enough that you run over to the people all around you, your coworkers, your, your, your classmates, come on, your family members, the ones who have wandered from the faith, the prodigals, they're going to come home and guess what God wants your cup to overflow to Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd you prepare a feast for me you honor me you fill my cup until it overflows why so that you can have yours no so that you can overflow to other people's lives because he wants to use you to make a difference on this time on earth amen come on look at your neighbor and say he's got a plan for you so here's what I want I two ways to become a house of prayer 
two ways to become a house of prayer. I've spent the last three weeks giving you a prayer model of how you can pray. There's more in this book that we give out to you for free. Go ahead and get this on your way out if you haven't already. Pray those things. But also, my goal for today is to show you the power of a praying church that we would become in. Two ways to become a house of prayer. Number one, personally pray without ceasing. The Bible teaches us that we should pray without ceasing. We do not say 21 days is up. We had the deeper night. By the way, that's coming this Saturday night. Make sure you're here in this room. Bring all your friends. We're going to have a worship night. We're going to break the fast together at night. And we're going to come back the next morning and celebrate four years of God's faithfulness. Is anybody else excited other than me? Come on. Come on, I'm telling you, invite somebody. This is a great place to invite somebody. In fact, I had an amazing couple come up to me and say, today is our one-year anniversary because it was at last year's deeper night to break the fast that someone invited us. And when we came here, we met God. We felt his presence, and God did a new work in our life. Come on, maybe that's your invite this year. Come on, invite somebody to join us. But listen. You need to pray without ceasing. You don't say, 21 days are up. Let's go back to our normal life. No, 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 no. We press in in prayer. And, and you could say, well, how do I do that? Well, I shared one time uh, in, in, a, in a recent message of this series. I said, what I do is I set my alarm so that I spend dedicated time with God in prayer and in my Bible each and every single morning. And then I tell God, I'm about to get busy and distracted, but I want to spend time with you. And I try to just talk to him a little here and a little there throughout the day. And I do my best to pray without ceasing. And I'm giving it my best. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get better with every single year. Are you giving it your best? And so, so frequently I hear people say this. I would be more kind. I would be more patient. People would like me better if I'd get more sleep. I tell you that I ha- you would sleep all day if that, was, if that was the solution. I'm telling you what you need more than sleep is you need to spend time with God in prayer. He is the one who brings the fruits of joy, peace, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Come on. He's the one that we need who brings hope in our life. 30 more minutes of sleep ain't going to make the same effect that 30 minutes in prayer time and meeting with God and reading your scripture will. Can I get an amen? Maybe this is the year. In fact, pull out your smartphone and change your alarm to 30 minutes earlier and give it a try for seven days. I love that more people have been coming to prayer than every uh, than any years past and more and more are coming. And hey, that's no condemnation if you can't make it. But if God's saying, let's do it this week. Join us Monday through Friday this week on our last week of prayer at 6 to 7 a.m. at our annex. On Mondays and Wednesdays, we have a live worship team, and one of our pastors teaches on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, we connect with another life-giving church. But here's what I'm hearing from people who are coming out. I didn't know how much of a blessing this is. I'm telling you, it changes everything throughout my day to spend time with God in prayer. If you can't come out, get up early and spend time with uh, God in prayer. Quit making excuses, and let's make this a year that we become people of personal prayer. Can I get an amen? Do you know, the reason we're going to celebrate our four-year anniversary next week is because statistically, people have said to church planters, you should plant the first Sunday of January because people are making New Year's resolutions, and many of them include, I'm going to get back in church. And so you should do that. 
we decided to delay our launch till January 27th so that our launch team could spend 21 days of prayer and fasting before we ever launched the church, believing and asking God to do exceedingly abundantly more than he, we could ask or imagine because we don't rely just on human wisdom. We rely on the power of prayer. Literally, this church is fueled by the power of prayer. Why? Because I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough speaker. I'm not eloquent enough with words. I don't have what it takes to meet you right where you are with the myriad of temperaments out there, ages, backgrounds, um, um, uh, 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 things that you've experienced in life, your lingo. Come on. God, only God can do that. I need something greater than my words. I need the power of prayer in my life. How many of y'all enjoy our worship team? Come on, can we give it up? I think our worship team is incredible. I think they're so gifted. But I told Mary the other day, y'all aren't good enough. Just like I'm not good enough. Y'all are good enough human beings. Like, your skill is off the charts. But musical notes are not enough. Like, human lyrics are not enough. Can I tell you one thing? Let me tell you, if you don't know any music theory, how many notes exist on this side of earth? Twelve. That's it. Musicians only have 12 tools to work with. There are only 12 notes, and we repeat them a lot. There are only so many G's and so many C's you can play. It is limited, but what we can do with just 12 notes when we put prayer behind it week after week people come and they say i felt god's presence today when they were in worship what were they doing with their human wisdom playing 12 notes singing 12 notes using one of four billion human languages to try to sing to God in weak words sometimes, right? And yet God has a way of getting behind our words just like he does in prayer and does exceedingly beyond all we could ask or imagine. Can I get an amen? Let me encourage you. If you're a leader, your leadership's not good enough. My leadership's not good enough. I need prayer behind it. If you're a doctor, your wisdom's not good enough. You need prayer behind it. No matter what it is that you do, you, we are better when you have people praying behind you. God is who we put our trust in. Tell your neighbor, pray first. Come on, are you still with me? Tell your neighbor, pray first. Come on, it's a powerful partnership when we bring all we can and trust God with all he can. I say live like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. Pray first. But beyond personally praying, how do we become a church that prays? I got caught up in Psalm 106 recently. It says this, the people made a calf at Mount Sinai and they bowed before an image of God. They traded their glorious God for a statue of of a grass-eating bull. They forgot God. Know anybody like that? Know anybody who's walked away from the faith? Know anybody who puts no credence in God? They have forgotten the goodness of God? Listen. So God declared that he would destroy them. It's over. Humanity's weak nature has been exposed. God has every right at this point 
to wipe out humanity who cannot give him his proper worship, who cannot keep an oath, who says, I'm in. And just as quick as they say, I'm in, their actions say, I'm out. It's a fickle human race, and we're exposed now. He has every right to wipe us out. And, and, and create a better creation that would give him his rightful praise. Yet read this next sentence out loud with me. Come on together. But Moses stepped between the Lord and the people. One more time. But Moses stepped between the Lord and people. Are you seeing the power of a praying person? Number two. Number two. Regularly step between God and people. Moses said... I know we've failed. I know we've all screwed up. I know we could do better than this. I know we said we wouldn't leave you, and yet we've left you again. I know we said we'd keep the oath, but we didn't again. And he steps in between people and God, and he intercedes. He literally says, on behalf of all of us, we repent. Have mercy on us. Teach us how to follow. Help us to do better. And if we're going to become a praying church, we've got to regularly step in between People and God, do you know anybody who needs your prayers right now? Regularly step in between. Don't just come to church and go, I hope it's good for me. Fill my cup, pastor. Hey, I hope it fills your cup, but God's got bigger plans than that. He's looking for the power of a praying church. Jesus said, let my house be called a house of prayer. It's people like Moses who says, nah, don't wipe them out on my watch. It's people like um, uh, 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 um, the church who prays for an imprisoned Peter. Am I the only one excited today? That in the book of Acts 12, Peter might have been taken out. James already was taken out. But the church met regularly in constant prayer. And there was a deliverance that happened. Come on, I'm believing your children will have deliverance. I'm believing your neighbor will have deliverance. I'm believing your coach will have deliverance. I'm believing your students and fellow classmates. I'm believing your boss. Come on, Jesus, put extra blood over my boss. Come on, we'll have some deliverance. I believe in your spouse and your family will have deliverance. Why? Because we're going to become a church. We already are this that steps regularly in between people and God and says, on behalf of them I pray for mercy I pray that you do a new work in their life I pray goodness I pray that you send somebody who shares the message of Jesus Christ and so I conclude like this how do we do that number one you can join our dream team did you know we have a prayer team and some people look at the stage equipment and all this gear and they say I don't know if I can join the dream team because I, I, I don't really want to be picking up heavy stuff or I'm, I might I, I shouldn't be picking up heavy stuff. Can I tell you the people who pick up the heaviest stuff is our prayer team who picks up nothing physical, but they move heavy stuff spiritually. Do you know they show up as early as 6.30 a.m. and they walked every one of these seats and prayed for you as if you were in it? Two hours ago, someone laid hands on your seat and prayed knowing that the God they pray to is already with you two hours into the future and has laid hands on you. Come on. They walked into our children's ministry and they prayed over the space and every single one of your children who are being touched by children's workers right now, they walked into parking lot and they were already praying for you. They have my sermon notes right now and they're praying for me because I don't think I can trust myself 
myself with a few words and standing up here with my energy. I need the power of prayer behind my life. Come on. Can you give an amen for prayer? That God would partner with us. That he would take words. And I love that people just show up. And while people are praying, we had a technical difficulty earlier today. And it bothered me. Because I know there are people online who would miss the message. I knew there were people who would need to step into the hall because their kid maybe got a little bit uh, loud. And, and, and instead of being embarrassed and, and not having the message, we put a viewing area out there and our technology wasn't working. We worked hard on it for about 40 minutes. Really smart people in the room. One of our prayer intercessors came over. She said, what's going on? I said, this, this gear isn't working, HDMI, SDI, come on, this transmitter, Cat 5, Cat 6, Cat 7, Cat 8, can't get it to work. She just said, I'll begin to pray. She started praying. Within 10 minutes, we figured it out. After 40 minutes, it's using the best human wisdom we possibly could. Come lift heavy things without picking up a heavy thing. Join our prayer team. In fact, you can sign up for next steps in February. Can I show you the power of prayer? We don't just say give to the new church home. More importantly, we say pray for the new church home too. You know what God did through the power of prayer this past week? We got a call about eight days ago and said, we're going to have to move rapidly, but do you need furniture in the new place? We said, of course we need furniture in the new place. They said, I just found out through my job site that somebody's giving away $50,000 worth of furniture and they're going to throw it away. It's worth $25,000 right now. Can you come pick it up? Praise God for young people who've got the energy to come pick it up, right? Come on. I love young people and I love our young generation. And they said, we'll do it. On Thursday, we left at 1.30 and didn't finish up until 12 midnight. But we drove to Rockville, picked up the U-Haul. And I want you to see that we got $25,000 worth of furniture for the price of a U-Haul because of the power of prayer. Only through prayer does God unlock these kinds of doors and make us aware that he can do exceedingly abundantly all that we can ask or think want to give to the church give in prayer give in prayer because God can do amazing things how else do you become a praying church start or join a prayer small group I love small groups are starting in two weeks and today at 1230 at our annex is our new leader small group training and maybe God's convicting you right now I loved 21 days of prayer I don't want it to stop and the reason that God has put that on your heart is because we want to be powered by ongoing prayer people who said this is my jam this is my thing I want to continue to do that maybe you need to come to the annex at 1230 and start or join a prayer small group I love when we have prayer small groups happening and finally pick a staff member and cover them daily how can you be a praying church pick a staff member and cover them daily I tell our staff all the time the greatest team in our church is our dream team because God has given us all gifts and he is building us like living stones to use our gifts to make an impact no one's on the sidelines if you say I want to make a difference God will start using you immediately to make a difference and 17 people give their life to Christ why because of a sermon or because of a good worship team no because the power of prayer and an entire dream team come on I believe it and I tell our staff that our responsibility is to serve our dream team as best as possible. 
set them up for wins and, and to create an environment that people love to come to. And scripture says this, if you strike the shepherd, you scatter the sheep. The devil's, the devil's active, guys. And just because there are leaders in the church or pastors doesn't need, mean we don't need prayer too. In fact, in some cases, if, you, if the enemy attacks one person, they take out one. But if I take out this uh, other key people, I can take out hundreds or I could take out everyone. And so would you, I'm imploring you, would you pick a staff member and would you just begin to intercede and pray for them weekly? Put them on your prayer list. Put it daily. Um, I'm so grateful that there are people in my life who tell me on the regular they're praying for me daily. Colossians 4.3, even the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of our New Testament said this, I know your prayer people pray for us too. Paul said, don't leave me out of it. I'm not good enough with my zeal. I'm not good enough with my words. I'm not good enough with my eloquence. I'm not good enough in what I do. I need the power of a praying church behind us. Would you pray for us? And by the way, if, if you will pray for us, would you just raise your hand? People here and say, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to add that. Thank you. Thank you. It is one of the greatest things I covet is prayer because we're not good enough on our own. Cover our family in prayer. It's what we do in baby dedication. We say, God, we give you our child because I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I got about this much knowledge of how to raise a baby girl. I, I don't need, I don't, I'm still questioning if you screwed up, God. You gave a girl to me, and then by the third one, I'm like, you gave three girls to me? You must trust me more than I trust myself. I know about this much. My wife knows about this much. Praise God. But as much as God knows, that ain't enough. When the emergency comes in, when the health issue shows up, when the relationship problem with a friend cranks up, this is why we need people praying for us. By the way, if you're a leader, which means anyone with influence, if you lead people at work, if you're a parent, if you are the one who picks a lunch table and everybody follows you to it, you should ask people to intercede for you too. How much more powerful would it be for your business if it was covered by other people praying? How much more powerful would your family be if it was covered by people who are praying? That's why I love small groups. We get to know each other and we begin praying for one another. Can I get an amen? Solicit the power of prayer in your life. Guys, I went a little bit long today. I'm sorry, I'm really encouraged and I'm really excited about what this means for us. So let me close what Acts 12 says. It says, Peter escaped by the power of a praying church. He thought for sure it was a dream. So look at verse 11. When Peter came to his senses, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has rescued me. Oh, come on. Can you see it, guys? The day when the lost come home, when the downcast are delivered, when the bondages are broken, when generational curses are broken off your family lineage, when the sinner is set free, when the broken are restored. Can you see it, guys? That God rescued me. Somebody say it. God rescued me. And in the same way, he wants to rescue others. So he came to his senses that God can do it. God rescued me. And now that I know the Lord's rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the haters were expecting to do to me, verse 12, when Peter realized what had happened, he went to the house where many believers were gathered together, read these next four words, and were praying continually. 
Peter's deliverance came by the power of a praying church. And I wonder how many people work with us, go to school with us, are on teams with us, and they are just asking God to do something. They might not even know they're asking God. But when a praying church happens, all of a sudden some deliverance happens, and God wants to use you to do it. Both your neighbors say you too. Let me pray for you. God. May everybody under the sound of my voice forgive me for going long. That would be the spiritual thing to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I repent. But God, I just pray that we get this because, Father, when a church begins to pray, amazing things happen. God, God, uh, you said that the prayers of a righteous person avails much. It does damage to hell. Come on. It builds the kingdom of God even bigger. And so, Father, would you implore us? to begin to press into prayer and to go beyond the personal prayer and to be go, go beyond praying just for our family and just for our context and just for our accounts and just for our workplaces. But, Father, that we would begin to pray for a city, that we would believe that, God, you are using us and you are making a difference and you are moving mountains, that we will see a revival happen because of the power of a praying church. And we know we're not doing the heavy lifting, but yet, God, you allow us to partner with you as you do the heavy lifting. So, Father, Father, here's our weak words. Here's our time. Here's our effort. We'll give you the best we can, and we thank you that you do infinitely um, above more than we could ask or imagine with it. In Jesus' name, I pray. And before we pick our head up in prayer and before we leave in this place, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we've been praying for you. I believe many in this place have felt God's presence today for the first time in a long time and it is no coincidence we have had prayer people who prayed over your seat knowing that today would be the day that God would come knocking on your heart and what you feel is different from natural because it's God saying today's your day to surrender I will forgive you of all your sins I will lift you up I will walk with you I will give you abundant life but you've got to release it all to me with every head bowed every eye closed I'm not going to embarrass you or call you forward but I don't want you to be embarrassed to acknowledge God today by simply saying God I surrender all and I give you my life today if that's you would you just throw your hand high up into the air no one's looking around I, I, yes I see your hand thank you thank you yes thank you if you're if you're online and you say that's me too today's my day to give my life to Jesus write in the chat that's me too and together as a church we're going to pray out loud along with you come on church let's all pray say Jesus I give you my life I'm a sinner I know I've messed up would you forgive me of my sins Jesus I believe you're the Lord you're the son of God and when you died on that cross you did it for me too I accept that I get a fresh start. I am forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen and amen. Come on. Can we celebrate?